0: Thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Back of your bulletin is the outline for the message. We're continuing that series, uh, Experiencing God Together. And um, what we're going to do and what we've begun to do is we're unpacking church what church really is, what Jesus says church is, what church looks like, what church feels like, what church smells like, all the things about church. And you cannot think about church or even begin to do church without thinking about Konania. Now some of you are thinking, I don't even get that word, I don't understand that word, I've never used that word, whatever. Trust me, you do Konania, you've been doing it this morning. Worship and you just don't know it. Konania is a rich, deep word in Scripture. When that word's used in Scripture, that word's got lots of meaning. It's deep, and we're going to unpack it this morning. Konania is a word that you may not use a lot, and you may not be able to define it or understand it before now, but you have walked into churches. And you've either felt Konania or you have not felt Konania, okay? And you know it right away, okay, right away. And so we're going to unpack the New Testament word of Konania and what it means for us today. I want to go to your scripture first because I think that's going to help us real quickly set the table for that. First John, go to First John, not John, but First John. 1 John chapter 1, look at verse, uh, let's begin in 5. Begin in verse 5. 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in darkness... We lie and do not live by the truth, but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. The key there is it could go a lot of different ways in that text. I'm not going so much for the light and darkness type stuff. What I'm going with is. That ye have fellowship with Him. If you are a born-again child of the King this morning, if there's been a time in your life that you have given your life to Christ, you've prayed to receive Christ, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, has come inside of you and now lives in you. Which means you have Christ in all of Christ in you. Okay? That means... You, my friend, sitting and occupying that chair space has koinonia in you because you've experienced koinonia, meaning you have experienced the unconditional agape love of Jesus. When you didn't deserve it, you got it. Anybody out there like that besides me? When I didn't deserve it, I got it. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. When I was a train wreck, a mess, and I stunk, and I was a jerk, he loved me. When I was a punk, when I was a messed up kid, when I was a messed up man, he still, by his Holy Spirit and his love, drew me. He was crazy in love with me. When I didn't even acknowledge his existence, when I was mad at him, he loved me crazy. My friend, I'm going to tell you something. If you know him, you know Konania. Konania is simply this it's a New Testament Greek word, it has rich meaning. Konania is the agape or the unconditional love in action. In action. The cross was not a word, it was an action. Amen. It, it was not just a picture in a storybook, my friend. It was reality. There was a cross on a hill called Calvary. There was the Valeria Rosa. There was spikes driven in his hands and thorns on his head and a spear in his side. There were those cussing him at the cross. There were those waving palm branches a week earlier that were cursing him at the cross. There was a man named Jesus, and he wasn't a prophet, and he wasn't a good man, and he wasn't some dreamed-up fantasy. He was a real deal, and he died for you and me, and his name is Savior today. And he's the king, and he's coming back. That's not made-up junk. That is the truth according to his word, which stands forever, my friend. His name is Jesus. And He is all of the love that you could ever muster in your life in one person. He loved you from the cross before your name was ever thought of. And what kept Him on that cross was not those people down there barking at Him. It wasn't those iron spikes in His hand. It was you. And His love for you. And if you ever get too far from that, my friend you way too far. Way too far. You've got to come back. If it's been that long since you had a big steaming bowl of wolf brand chili, my friend, it's too long. Amen? It's too long. Don't get too far from the cross. Your identity is there. I'm just telling you, there are people who have been saved so long, they don't understand the cross anymore. And they don't look at people through the eyes of the cross anymore. They look at people through their own eyes. Mm. You won't ever see them right then. You never see them right until you see them through the cross. You got to see them through the cross. When you see them through the cross, you see yourself and you see them. Okay? Apart from grace, man, we're all the same. We're all a mess. It's the agape love. What do we first experience? I just talked about it. The first time we see agape love, Konania, unconditional love, is at salvation. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should have eternal life. Greater love has no one than this, than a friend that would lay down his life for him. I want you to go to 1 John 3.16. It doesn't get near the love that it should. It's always trumped by that other John. 1 John 3.16. How many of y'all can stand and quote 1 John 3.16 this morning? I had a kid one time, I did that in a youth group. He said, I can do 1 John 3.16. I said, well, stand up and quote it. For God so loved the world that who should ever... I said, no. 1 John. Oh, he just sat down real fast. He didn't even hear the first. He just how 3.16. He jumped all over it. Look at 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Wow. How interesting that John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16 are so similar. You would think there's a reason. You would think somebody greater than us wrote that. (laughs) You know what I mean? You ever read stuff in Scripture and you go, that's pretty stinking cool, man. I ain't never seen that before. It's just like you never get too old to be amazed by God. 1 John 3, 16, no greater love, man, than someone lay down their life for me. And I ought to do the same for them. Let me ask you, how long has it been since you've done a Konania act for anyone besides yourself? How long has it been since you just saw somebody that just needed a friend and needed love, and they didn't earn it, didn't work for it, you didn't know them, but just the love inside of you because of what was done for you at the cross moved you to do something beyond yourself for somebody you didn't know, for nothing else. No payment, no recognition, no picture in Facebook, no nothing. Nobody ever saw you do it. No one will ever know you did it, but you just did it because the deep yearning of koinonia that you've experienced from the cross, you just had to give out. How long has it been since you had that? How long has it been since you've done that? You Folks, you can't get too far from that. You can't. It doesn't have to be big and extravagant. Just walk up and open a door for people walking in or somebody that can't do something, you bend over and do it for them. Or grab something for them that they can't grab for themselves. Just do something outside of yourself. Because every single day of our lives here in Meville, we fight just being selfish pigs. We do. I do. Are you all different than me? Because, I, I mean, I can go selfish quick. Can you go selfish quick? I can go selfish so quick, man. What do I want to do? Where do I want to eat? And what do I want to wear? I start my day pretty selfish. I run out of my favorite toothpaste and it's a bad day. What? Is that all it takes? you got to put things in reality. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to do something other than just serve yourself or you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. If all you see is yourself in the mirror 24-7, you're very selfish. you got to see other people you got to see them. you got to meet needs. Speaking of meeting needs and speaking of doing something for people you don't even know, if you're looking for something and you say, Preacher, if I knew of something, I'd do it. But I just don't know anything. Well, I'm glad you're here because I want to introduce you to something that you can do and then you won't have an excuse anymore. This afternoon, today, at 3 o'clock, we will begin to cook some spaghetti in this kitchen. Now, we don't need all of you. won't fit, okay? But at 4.30, we will leave this place and arrive at Elwood Park on Washington. There's nothing there but a big old park. And you're going to think, why are we here with food? And we're going to drive up, and we're going to put out a spread of spaghetti and bread, and people you don't even know are going to begin to come funneling out of buildings and alleys and under boxes and behind dumpsters, and you're going to see hundreds of needy people start coming and eating. They're just going to come eat. And you get to walk around and hug them and love on them and say hi to them. And you don't have to bring out your tracts and quote New Testament Scripture and get your Greek Bible out because it's not going to mean anything to them. Why don't you just love them? Why don't you just say, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Glad you're here. Can I get you some bread? Would you like some more spaghetti? Would you like a tea? You need some more ice? Can I help you carry that? Can I help the kids carry their plate? Here, come sit by me. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your kids. What are their names? How old are they? All you got to do. In about 30, 45 minutes, you get to leave. You get to go back home. You get to get in your car. You get to drive home. You get to get out of this wind. get out of the dirt. You get to go into a nice, clean home. You get to turn on hot water and take a shower in your shower with your soap. Not soap that was in there from the last guy that was in there. You get to get in your bed with clean sheets. And they smell good because you put a bounce in there. Not only that, it's lavender which calms you. (laughs) And you get to go to bed. And you get to wake up and you don't have to go, when am I going to feed my kids in the morning? Because you're going to have a lot of food. You're going to have so much food that you're going to hear this Monday morning, I don't like that cereal. I don't like that cereal. And I don't like that cereal either. No, I don't want toast. No, I don't want eggs. I don't want bacon. No, I don't want French toast. I don't know what I want. Well, you got to have something because you got to go to school. You just want to go to school hungry? Fine then. You're just going to go to school hungry. Well, fine then. I just go to school hungry. All right? And right? I'm sorry. That's going to be Monday. But the same people that you just served spaghetti to have no idea where they're spending the night. And I promise you, the blanket that they happen to find to cover up with will not smell like lavender. It won't. And they don't have a fat clue what they're going to feed their kids the next morning. And I'm going to tell you, you could throw out any nasty cereal that you could ever think of, and they would eat it like it's the last cereal in this world. Just do something outside of yourself that's bigger than you. So you'll forget that it's not all about you. Because just because you happen to be happy doesn't mean everybody's happy. And just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean everybody else needs to have one either. We've got to understand that Konania is the unconditional agape love from Jesus. And if we've experienced Calvary, it is in us. It is in us. Number two, konania with God. Konania with God. God's love is an internal response. I talked about it being inside. I want to give a couple things in comparison. Religion versus relationship with God. Let me, let me say something to you. Religion, if you're chasing God through religion... Number one, you're probably not going to find him. And number two, if you do find him, he's going to be stale, stiff, hard. That's all it's going to be. And you're constantly going to be trying to prove yourself and act a certain way so that you can look religion, religious and give off the impression that you've met Jesus. You haven't. You haven't. You've met religion, man's made-up religion, man's things about religion you may have met a building you may like the building you may been in the building a long time but but you don't need religion you need a relationship and when you meet Jesus the Jesus that hung on the cross for you through that kona nea love that he has for you you will realize that you no longer have religion you have a relationship and when you have a relationship with Jesus it Changes everything, everything, everything. And so you start seeing stuff like you've never seen it before. Why? Because you haven't met a religion, you have met a relationship. You've met a person, and he's made a difference in your life. And it is from the inside out, not the outside in. That's what we try to do so many times is we try to take religion from the outside and make it changes from the inside. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. It just disappoints us. We take the relationship of Jesus Christ inside of us, and he changes us from the inside, which changes everything on the outside because once you've got a man's heart and you change his heart, you change his perspective, and you change the man. And what makes you mad or used to doesn't make you mad anymore. And when you see people, you don't see people like you used to see people. You see them like Jesus saw them. And when you used to not be able to love like that, now you can love like that. Why? Because you dress different? No. Because the Jesus inside of you is different. And he's done something inside of you to change you. And now you can touch a person you don't know that doesn't look like you, smell like you, act like you, agree with you, or even vote like you. And you can love them because you've been changed by relationship, not religion. External acts versus internal response. Again, why do you do what you do? Oh, I gotta do this so because I'm earning my salvation. So I need because you know I don't know what the cross was about, but all I know is if it took action to go to the cross, I gotta do action to earn the cross. No. You messed up. That's not in scripture, it's not required. He doesn't say Hey, dude, I had to walk up the Via Della Rosa carrying a heavy cross. least you could do is do something to earn salvation. But we think that. Jesus said, no, here's how you earn it. Trust me. Receive my love and accept me. That's all? Like, free? Yes. Free, fr- free can't be, I mean, no, free. Not free. Free. But see, after that is when you prove or when you show the change life. You don't work for the salvation okay you're not saved by works you're saved unto good works okay good works can't save you a lot of times what we try to do is we try to do external things to earn salvation and then we die and we go well i hope i get to heaven there's no hope jesus said the sheep will know my voice and i will know them does that sound like hope that sounds like no i know k-n-o-w okay no Internal response, that's the Jesus in us. Your acts of service should not come from, i got to do this to earn my salvation. It it should come from, I love Jesus. He did that for me when I didn't deserve it. They don't deserve it, but I'm going to do it. I don't want anything. I don't want any recognition. I don't want anything. Why? That's an internal response from an internal change, from an internal Jesus that lives inside of you. Last thing is this, acting right versus being right. Teenagers may have your attention. Love you. Eight, ten years of student ministry. I'm going to say something to you. Little church kids will smoke your chili quicker than any kids you'll ever meet. They will smoke your chili. They'll have parents' attention. They will, man. I'm just telling you. There, There is a deal that says... I can have this cookie if no one catches me with my hand in that cookie jar, and if a cookie is missing, it's someone else's fault. The deal is, if Jesus has truly changed your life, teenager, you won't even get by that cookie jar. Just because your parents don't know, and your teachers don't know, and your coaches don't know, does not mean that the man who hung on a cross doesn't know. He knows. So make sure you live your life, not to impress your parents, but to impress Jesus. And when you do that, your parents never have to worry about you. When your audience is God and God alone, don't have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about it. So if you've got stuff that you shouldn't have, and nobody knows about it but you and God, it's time to let mom and dad know you got it. And say, I'm no longer going to hide my stuff under my Bible or in my Bible or in my car. Just live a life not acting in front of people but being who you are because he changed you. And I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm just telling you that's the world they swim in 24-7. It's to the fine line between impressing my friends and being what they want me to be or impressing only one person person name Jesus, who all my friends don't even give a hoot about. That's tough to do. I'm going to tell you, you got to honor a life like that. So live a life that honors God. you got to act right, not because people are watching, but because of what? You've a changed being. You're a changed person who now acts right because the change internally, not because of who's watching. If you only live right because someone's watching, you've probably never been changed inside. Just going to tell you. John 4 is a woman at the well. She comes to the well at a time when no one's supposed to be there, but rut Jesus is there. The person she did need to be there but didn't want to be there was there. And she was met with incredible konania love. The woman caught in adultery. Law said, stoner, Jesus says. They quizzed Jesus. Hey, what do you think we ought to do with her? I'll tell you what we ought to do with her. You ought to hug her and send her on her way. So that's what he did. He met her with love. He turned around wrote something in the sand. A thousand different ideas about what he wrote. Really irrelevant to the story. It's just fun for people to play that game. And then he turned around and he looks at her. Or he looks at them and says... You without stone, you without sin, throw the first stone. They all begin to drop them. And it's interesting, he drops them. The oldest ones drop it first. They kind of know grace longer. And they all leave, and he turns to her and says, Where are those who accuse you? And she said, There are none. And he said, Neither do I. Go and leave your life of sin. Why? Because she's met with Conania. Conania. Conania will change not only you when you meet it. It'll change others when they experience it. Last things is, Konania with each other. I'll go quickly. The body of Christ, loving God and one another in a real and practical way. That is conania with each other. It's the body of Christ, loving God and each other in a real and practical way. What's beautiful about this church is, is it is so, so real. So real. Do we have Konania here? Yes, we do. Is it exactly as much and just like Jesus? No. But we're always striving for that. There will not be perfect Konania in a church until we become the church in heaven. Okay? Until that point, that is our goal. That's our yardstick. We strive to that. Okay? That's it. Relationship outside of church, you have a bunch of them, family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, all of that stuff. You say, Well, some of that I picked and some of it I didn't pick. That's okay. God picked all of it for you. Okay? And in knowing that he is love, and if you know him, you know love, which means you have conania in you, which means you have the love of Jesus in you, and you say, I can't love them, and he says, thank you for your honesty. Hang on, I'm about to love them through you. You ready? And you're like, Nah, not really. But he's going to love them through you. Let him love those people through you. You can all day long under your breath, inside your breath, say, I don't like them, I don't like them, I don't like them, I don't like them. That's okay. Just love them, love them, love them, love them. He said, this is not me. This is not me. This is dirty. This is not me. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. That's okay. He didn't like the cross. It was dirty. He didn't want to be there. He told God, is there any other way this cup can pass from me? God said, nope, go to the cross. It's okay. He can do it. You can do it. My friends, when you die to self, you can be in love like him. If you're constantly alive, you will not love anyone. So please. For the love of Jesus, die. Okay? Not literally, but just die. Okay? Because when you're dead, you're more useful than when you were alive. Does that make sense? you got to die to live in Christ. You can love them if there's not you in the way. Okay? you got to let him love them through you. Relationships with the church. She listen to this statement. Broken relationships with God's people are a symptom of a broken relationship with God. Been in church a long time, my friend, 26 years on a staff. I can tell you this the people that can't get along with God's people in church. That is an absolute 100% guarantee that they have a broken relationship with God. I mean, that, that you can, that's just money in the bank, man. If, they, if, if, they, if they've had eight churches in nine years and don't like any of them, it's not those churches that are broken. It's that cat in the mirror. And they're broken either one or two ways. Number one, they're broken because they never met the Konania or the cross. They've never been changed. They're not not born again. Or they never hang out in a kononia relationship with Jesus so that his kononia can be exercised through them. They're too much alive. They need to die. There's too much of them around. They need to disappear. They need to be less of them and more of him. Does that make sense? Church unity can happen. Church splits do not have to happen. Church splits is simply titled pride. That's all it is. You don't have to call it church split. It shouldn't be a 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 17th, 1st Baptist. Okay? Doesn't need to be all that. All right? You can love people in the church body because of the kononia that loved you from the cross. That makes sense? We can love each other in the body of Christ. We can disagree and love each other. We, we can go with a different shade of your color of paint and still worship. I promise you, all right? You've you got to understand that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can do that. But a broken relationship with God's people is a, I'm telling you, is a symptom of a broken relationship with God every time, every time. What's the key to conania with each other? Forgiveness. You're thinking, I knew he was going to go there. I knew it. I knew it. Forgiveness is the key to Konania. I promise you. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 12 says, Forgive us, not our debtors, so that we might, what? Forgive those who trespass against us. We've got to forgive them. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, he says, You must forgive so the Father will forgive you. Forgiveness is the key. I want you to go back to 1 John. 1 John 1-7, the text that we started with. Listen to these words again. But if we... You can put I there if you want to. But if I walk in the light as He is in the light, I have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we walk in the light, if we walk in that relationship with Jesus, if we walk forgiven of our sins and we're born again, we've been forgiven, we're forgiven on a daily basis. If we have been forgiven much, then much is required. We need to forgive. It is a cancer if you don't. It's killing you and you don't know it. Forgive, my friends. You got to forgive. They don't win if you forgive them. Trust me. Because we think, man, if I forgive them, it's going to look like they're right. Who cares? You're dead. All right? You're dead. Your audience is there. He knows. Okay? It's not out there, it's not the applause of men. It's there. If it's out here with all the applauses, guess what? You're going to hold on to it. I'm gonna look good. It's gonna mess up my reputation. I a long time to make this reputation. Fine, John Wayne, but you gotta forgive. All right? You gotta forgive. You gotta forgive. You gotta be big enough to forgive. And it's hard, man. Macho, forgiveness is very macho. It is. It's very cool to forgive. You want Conania with With each other, family, friends, church, all that, you gotta forgive. Because there's only a couple of guarantees in life, and one of them is people are gonna hurt you. (laughs) Just bottom line. If you haven't been hurt yet, you need to hang on. You finish. They're about to hurt you. They're about to disappoint you. They're about to let you down. They are. Because they're fallen, they're human. That's what they do. Jesus will never let you down. He forgave you. You can forgive them. You gotta let it go. Kononea, the unconditional agape love of Christ. It's not earned, it's freely given to us. Let's pray. Father, this morning, a word we don't use much, but boy, we recognize it when we're in it, and it feels good to do it. It's called Kononea. God, help us to understand that we met Conania first at the cross. That each of us sitting here today that call ourselves Christians and saved and born again, we, we've experienced Konania. The question is, has anybody outside of us experienced it since then? Because that's what they need to see. God, we can argue where the scripture is true. We can argue whether there's a God. But when you meet Konania, there's no argument. It's the unconditional agape love of Jesus that changes everything and drops every wall. God, I pray that we would be vessels of the overflow of the Konania love that we have met at Calvary to everyone we come in contact with. Father, teach us to love like you loved. It's your love in action through us. And so, Father, this morning, if there's someone sounding the sound of my voice that's never, ever, ever met you, truly never met you, they know about you, but they've never met you. They, 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 they know about religion, but they have no relationship with you. Father, I pray this morning they don't walk out of here without meeting you. Father, if if we're here today and we've met you at the cross and we're born again, child of the king, and we're saved today, I pray, Father, that you would help us to live out Konania everywhere we are. God, if there's anybody here that says, my Konania stopped because I won't forgive. I am locked up. I've dug in. I'm not moving. I'm holding on. I don't want to forgive, I don't think I need to forgive, I don't want to, I don't think I should have to. God, I pray you'd break that person today that they'll let go. Just let go and forgive. So God, during this invitation time, it's your invitation that you extend to us to to respond to what you've said to us today. And I pray we do that. However that looks this morning. May you move us this morning. In Jesus' name.